Welcome to the PR Moment Podcast. Produced in association with the Marketeers Network. This week on the PR Moment Podcast, in the latest of our Life Story series, I'm pleased to welcome Dee Gibbs, founder at Liberty Communications. Dee founded Liberty in 21 years ago. It's an independent PR firm specialising in tech PR. It has a turnover of about £2.5 million and offices in London and San Francisco. Approximately 25 people work for Liberty and Dee is joining us via phone line from hot and sunny Portugal. Dee, welcome to the PR Moment podcast. Thank you, Ben. Thanks for having me today. I don't know. Well, we're not sort of quite having you. I sort of you're, 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 <laughs> from a distance, but um, yeah. thanks for thanks for coming on the show. Um, yeah. As ever, thanks so much to our permanent podcast sponsors, the PRCA, who are celebrating their fiftieth anniversary this year. If you haven't seen it yet, do please check out the program for Influence of Influence event coming up on the fifteenth of May. Details are on the homepage of PRM.com. D. Before you started Liberty in, I think, 1998, you worked in-house for 15 years. What was it that, that made you want to start up your own firm? Yeah, it's, it's a good question. Um, it was a number of things, really, that created the perfect storm for me. Um, so 15 years working for large corporations was, was an amazing learning period. I think you know anybody who's worked in-house would tell you that. Um, and it helped me build some of my personal brand recognition. So from that, I was able to learn from some of the best you know, commerce professionals in the industry. Um, I also worked with some some really supportive colleagues who uh, I think got fed up with me saying I, I could I could start an agency. And they, they just basically said to me, well, you know, go on then, do it and prove us, you know, put up or shut up. So um, I had some strong opinions and ideas about how the agency should be run because I'd had various experience of working with PR consultancies in my in-house role. Some were really good and some were not so good. So whilst I'd never worked in an agency environment, I felt it was a good basis, I guess, for me to, to know what Liberty shouldn't be um, and what it should be. Um, and so that was kind of became our secret source for a boutique agency like like Liberty. And uh, and so, so started from there. But luck stepped in a little bit, I have to say. So it wasn't all down to them for me. Um, once I decided to resign from my last in-house role, my boss at the time, who was an amazing inspiration to me, um, basically explained that he was leaving and uh, he was going to uh, become the CEO of a California-based tech um, startup. And so he signed us up from day one, um, and that revenue really helped to get us started. So that was a huge you know, weight off my shoulders in getting the agency started and having revenue coming in, which was great. That's a big thing when you start the business up. You know, it just takes the takes the risk out of it a little bit to have that first client. But you, but when you when you had the 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 idea for the business, you didn't have that. So that kind of things just fell into place a little bit. No, that's right. And so that's what I say. I mean, I think luck uh, sort of played its part really. Um, but I was prepared to do it anyway. I I knew that I could do it. So. Um, but, yeah, that was a real bonus. And then uh, at that time, 21 years ago, um, for those that might remember, it was um, a particularly good time because there was a lot of VC capital funding coming into the tech industry at that time. And the startup scene was really vibrant. So um, we really benefited because um, Liberty was set up to offer all the things that the big expensive agencies would offer. But we could do it at, you know, um, value for money with exceptional service and really come in and offer that that thing that wasn't available at the time 
And then I suppose the last thing, I know I'm withering on, but the last thing for me, after fi finally after 15 years in-house, um, I felt it was time to do something new. So it was really liberation for me coming out of corporate life and then also for our clients doing something different. So that's where the name came from. So in the liberation of starting Liberty, that was, that was where the name came from. So it was a personal liberty. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah, it really was. You mentioned that... Um part of wanting to set up Liberty was sort of witnessing what, what PR firms got wrong. What was it that you sort of witnessed when you were a client 15 years uh, for 15 years uh, that, that PR firms tended to, um, or you felt you could improve on? Yeah, I think um, for me, um, a lot of it was, um, you know, the fees exponentially were very expensive compared to the service level I got. And um, some of the um, some of the account juniors were, you know, very junior and, and took a lot of uh, educating on my side. So that meant I was kind of not like I, was, I wasn't prepared to um, to help them with the knowledge and education of, of what my tech would do. But I spent a lot of the fees I felt on bringing their staff up to up to scratch. Um, and I also think there was there was times when. Um, you know, I'd ha we'd have meetings and there was lots of ideas on the table and, um, you know, perhaps some of them had been suggested by me and they were wrapped back up and sold back to me. So that was frustrating in a way. And I felt there was so much more that, you know, agencies could do to, to rectify some of that. And activity was, was nearly always uh, ramped up when I rang the agency and said, right, what's happening this week? You know, so, so it was always prodding and chasing. And, and that's probably not, not a good uh, a good foundation for a good partnership. Fine. Um, so here we are, what, 21 years or so later. What is it that you enjoy about owning your own business? Yeah, so um, those large corporations I work for, um, it was hard sometimes to know whether I really made a difference. And in some, some cases, I felt stifled. Um, so owning uh, my own business means that, you know, I can make the decisions, I can be quick and nimble and make stuff happen. Um, you know, it's a really exhilarating experience, I think, as well, when you go out on your own and you, you start to do things you love and you see the changes, positive changes that you're making. Um, I love winning new business, of course, and, you know, but it's such a buzz to have a client, you know, endorse what you're uh, selling and say, yes, we really want to work with you. So, so that's fantastic about owning your own business because it's all part of, of what you've put forward to the client. Um, but, you know, like I said, uh, I've said before, you can't do it on your own. So I've worked with some amazing talent um, over the years and people from all skill sets, not just um, from PR, also from all the marketing principles, some people from sales, a lot of people from journalism and analysts. So they've given me a, a holistic view of what makes a great team and that diversity, I think, really works for everyone at, at Liberty today. And that feels really fresh every day because I think I learn something new every day. Um, and that's a really great thing about working in, a, in your own business too because, you know, you you can be good at something but your your colleague is going to be just as good at, at another thing and then you make a team. So, and then, of course, there's the freedom to work flexibly and, and the way you want. And uh, now I'm living in, working in Portugal, so I suppose that's living proof of, of that. That's an interesting point. How long have you lived in Portugal? Yeah, so um, permanently since last uh, end of November last year. So you've well, you've got you've got some good technology, have you, to 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 enable you to dial into all sorts of calls and whatever else? Yeah, see, that's that's the thing, and um, I was going to uh, talk to you a little bit about that anyway, because obviously tech is what we do. But um, yeah, we shouldn't, you know, we shouldn't underestimate the power of, of um, remote working and being able to use all the tools and technology available to us. But also, that doesn't replace 
you know, FaceTime and proper, you know, contact. So I do get back to the, to the office as much as I can and, and make sure that I'm with the team as, as much as I can too. But, you know, we do um, obviously Skype and Zoom calls and things like that to make sure that I'm not just on the phone, that they can actually see me as well as hear me. <laughs> We had someone on the um, on the show a couple of months back talking about they had they had Friday afternoon beers remotely, yeah. if you see what I mean. So using video, but um, yeah. which sounded a bit awkward to me, but he assured me it worked. I think it was Brendan Craigie. Now I think about it. But, oh yeah, uh, okay, yeah. No, I, I can see it actually. Um, I mean, I think um, I think we did last year. We did the Christmas party. Um, I, I dialed in, and I even though I obviously wasn't, uh, I did have my glass of champagne with me, but I, I wasn't eating the meal. But um, we were able to do um, our quiz over over Skype, so it was brilliant. <laughs> did you cheat, Dee? Because you could have you could have been googling the answers without anyone noticing. So I'm just, it was that was that part of the motivation behind doing it remotely, or? You have to trust me that I didn't do that. <laughs> now, just thinking about things from a, a longer term perspective. Um, one of the things I was, one of the things I, was, I should say, I was keen to get you on the show is because you've lived through with um, over those twenty-one years of, of, of owning Liberty, you've lived through I don't know some some boom, the, the dot-com bubble, the dot-com bust, um, financial crisis, various recessions. Um, so there must have been some some tough times for for, for you and the business. I just, in hindsight, what are the what have you learned through those tough times? How did you keep keep things going um, when when things got tough? Because it's a, it's a practical reality of owning a business for for for, for that long. Um, that there would have been some times when you were scratching your head a little bit, I suspect. Yeah, I mean, we shouldn't forget that there's also downsides to running your own business, and you need a certain level of belief, I think, to to navigate any business and um, to navigate um, through. The, the downs as well as the ups. I don't think. I think it comes down to personal belief, but it also comes down to the people that you work with. And, and I know we've talked about this many times in your podcast. Um, and I've, I've listened to others say the same thing. It's so important the team you have around you, and partners, and the people that believe in what you're doing because it, it takes you through. Honestly, does. I mean, running your own business can be a very lonely thing as well because you feel like you know you're at the top and the buck stops there, and no one talks to you. So it's great if you've got a team that you know, do come forward and support you, and I'm lucky enough to have that. So, so I think, yeah, believing in what you're doing, um, you know, obviously making sure that you're not, you're not making wild decisions and making decisions that you know are, are the best for the good. You know, and sometimes you just have to batten down the hatches during the times where you know it's tough and, and hope that, um, as we did, that, you know, my loyal clients will take you through it. And then when, it's, when the times are good, you know, then, then it's back at it. But, yeah, it, it's a balance, I think, really. Um, and so that's, that's what's really kept me level. Because you can't be – the one thing you can't do with, with your running a business when you employ other people is be frivolous, frivolous with their lives. So that's always a good thing to remember. Yeah, I, that's a good point. I mean, I always – um, we've all had good and bad experiences in our in our careers, but uh, one thing I I got a job once, and it was it was clearly a punt on the employer's perspective, if you see what I mean. And, and rapidly, I worked out that it was an absolute punt from from, um, from from their perspective, and it was just it was just never going to work. And it hit me at that point that these guys, you know, I've got I had a young family at the time and a mortgage to pay, and and it's it is a serious business employing people because they rely on you, don't they? They do. And, you know, look, we had times during the good times where, you know, people with DC back, back money would walk into our boardroom and chuck their checkbook on the table and say, right, how much do you want? And it wasn't a question of even asking 
you know, telling us what they did and how we could help them, which was ridiculous. You know, and I, and I was often asked if I would take equity rather than the fees. Um, you know, maybe if I was a one-man band and just interested in myself, I might have just taken the, the equity. But I had, you know, other man's feet and other people to think of. So, no, that wasn't the way we were going to go. And you, you have to make that decision and, and be ethical to the staff. Um, and so I'm just going back to those those tough times when presumably they're um, because running a business is so much easier when there's growth, isn't there? When yeah. when there's uh, when the profits or the, or the revenues go down year on year. I don't know whether they have or not with Liberty, but um, you know what I mean. It's it's so much more difficult because growth gives you scope to offer people opportunities within the business, and and clearly um, when things go backwards, the reverse is is the case. So what what how do you over 21 years? How, how do you do that? Is it a um, because because your employees want to, the reason they're there is because they want to grow with the business as well. But um, I, I, that's not always possible, is it? So I, you, I suppose you have to try and get them to take a long term view. What, what, what do, how do you get around that? Yes, you do. And I mean, I think those that stay have stayed with us over a period of time and have bought into the Liberty ethos. You know, we're, we're great about doing that during those times. But you know, look, I'm equally realistic to know that. You know, if if, um, if your staff feel that, you know, times aren't good and, you know, their job might be on the line, then obviously they're going to look for other opportunities. So you can't you can't blindly think that they're going to follow you, you know, out the door kind of thing. So, so you know, there are – it's tough. Um, and you have to think um, about um, what you're going to do in terms of, of keeping those t- the team members motivated. Um, we've um, – I've always, um, you know, taken the responsibility myself, you know, I've not taken salaries, you know, we've put money into the company to ensure that the people get their, their salaries rather than, you know, have to let people go, because that's an awful thing to do. And then again, this faith that you're going to turn it around, um, you know, is always top of mind. And, and so far, we've been very lucky and we always have. So it's good. Talking about that on the pre-show conversation we had, weren't we? It was, it's, it's a difficult line, isn't it, between faith that you're going to turn it around with some justification and and blind unrealistic faith that you're you're going to turn it around and and clearly you're you're on the uh, you're the form of those two options but you know when you're in that moment you're not always quite sure are you um hindsight's a nice thing on that it is a nice thing and as i said earlier it's it's tough sometimes because you running your own business you do sit there and pontificate whether or not you're doing the right things and um and you stress about that of course it's stressful uh, you take it home as well so that's another thing you know you have to make sure you've got um, i'm very lucky i have a very strong partner who you know also believes in in what i'm doing so um and sticks sticks with me so that's great and i've got someone to talk to but um yeah, you you have to you have to take this balance view. I'm I'm also somebody who um, I think if it had gone you know hor- horribly wrong, I would have walked away rather than do you know just anything to to make it work. Because sometimes it's good to say no as well. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fine. Um, one of the, the the other elements that I thought was quite interesting is that at one point you tried merging Liberty Communications into a marketing firm. Now, we won't, let's not go into the details of who the marketing firm was or the personalities involved, but in hindsight, it, frankly, it was an idea that was possibly ahead of its time, wasn't it, with the, the sort of the the integration elements that, that we, we now um, see within within marketing communications. But for whatever reasons, the, the merger didn't work out. Um, how did you reverse yourself out of that deal? And, and I suppose looking back, what did you learn from that experience? 
Yeah. You know, look, I will give you a bit of colour on that because I think it, uh, people can learn from that. I know I, I learned a lot from it, but my background um, was in marketing communications, not purely PR. And so um, to your point about believing in the you know, integrated campaigns that work together to, to you know, make a difference, that was, that was very much in my, um, in my um, ethos. And I, I felt when I was approached by a, a partner agency who specialised in that broader mix, I thought that amalgamating our strengths would really benefit our clients and would help take the agency forward. And, you know, again, this is, this is one of those moments that we were just talking about. It's like it, it wasn't blind faith. It was, it was based on uh, the fact that I believed in the power of the integrated, integrated uh, approach. So um, I, it probably was a bit ahead of its time. And, you know, obviously, in hindsight, that's true. So, uh, but today we offer those wider services via our trusted network anyway. So that works for us. But ultimately, it fell down because the two agencies had different mindsets and um, I felt that Liberty's reputation and professionalism was being undermined. So it became toxic for everybody who worked for Liberty. So I brought, I brought myself out of that merger um, and returned to our original brand. And, you know, it is what you, is, what you see today. But the experience was valuable because we're clearly not, you know, we weren't a match on a, a number of levels. And it taught, me to, it taught me to trust more in our own abilities and not lean on other people, I think. Um, so if, if that's a lesson that I learned, um, then, you know, perhaps that is the strongest, strongest lesson. I think that the, uh, the ethos of, of me and the, and the partner who ran the, the other side of the business was just that we were slightly misaligned, I think, or quite misaligned. So we've been successful in, in, you know, in a fairly sustained way up until that point. So it taught me that I should just trust in what we built because it did work. Okay. And, and looking back... But you, as I say, because you, you took your time prior to doing the deal, so were there, even in hindsight, were there, were there sort of warning signs, so to speak, between the two, your special two personalities beforehand, or, or was it just not quite what it said on the tin once you'd done the deal? Yeah, I think the second, <laughs> the latter, yeah. Um, and just on that similar theme, what you've never done, and I'm not for a moment suggesting this is a, a criticism. It's it's just it's just a, a, a an interesting topic. You've you've never tried to diversify out of Liberty's sort of technology roots, um, and and some agencies, by no means all, some agencies try and diversify into, into different areas to to take that 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 type of work they do into. Um, uh, other sectors to try and increase the size of business, but you haven't done that. And I'm just just wondering why that was. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, there's, I suppose there's two parts to the answer. One is that um, um, I've always worked in the technology space, and so it's a, it's a sector or industry that I know best. It's also the sector that knows me the best. So when I talked about personal brand equity earlier, that that was kind of what I was getting at because. Um, because I'm known in that technology industry, that was where new business recommendations came from. So over the years, um, you know, we were able to benefit from my experience and the people I knew in that industry. So, um, and we also built some really um, strong media relationships uh, in the sector as well. So, um, and obviously those relationships were really ultimately um, important to benefit our, our clients in the space too. So, um I suppose it's best to stick to what you know and try not to be something you're not because I think then, you know, you, you don't want to get found out and then people don't trust you. So, so I've always thought it's best to, to stick to what, what I did best. Um, but the second part of that answer to that question is the tech world has completely changed. And when Liberty 
started all those years ago, um, we mainly worked in the telco sector because that was my background. But we've got um, a completely diverse um, array of clients now right across the sector from, you know, from everything from robotics, which is really exciting, AI, you know, um, cloud-related tech. We've got still got telecoms and mobile communications as part of that mix. Um, but it's, it's, it's nice now to think that, you know, we have diversified away from that pure telco expertise that I brought with me. Um, and it's great because technology moves at such a pace, it's always current. You know, there's always something fresh happening. So, um, so I think we have diverse, ultimately. Okay. Um, just, I suppose, on a related theme, really, what, what is Liberty's, I don't know, scheme of work? Is there something that, um, I, I wouldn't say differentiates you from the, the rest of the PR world, but you, you know what I mean? When you, when you think of your, your firm, how do you... What's your your, how do we position liberty? Yeah, I mean, I think first and foremost, it's going back to what I said. I I didn't like about the agencies I worked with um, way back in house, Um, and it's that client, excellent client service, attention to detail, value for money, and just being there with the client and being more than a supplier. It's more of a partnership. So we we're in it with them. So that is when. PR really works for clients that, that we work with. We, you know, we do things like go and hot desk at their offices to to get a better understanding of our clients and what they what their pain points are or their successes are, so that so that we can really really help them. Otherwise, it's just you know they could hire any agency and and do the same things. I mean, we do the same things that everybody does. You know, all the usual PR services you'd expect um, from any good PR agency. So. So I think those are the things that are top of mind. But also, um, we we like to keep creativity at the centre of things as well to try and keep things fresh. So we we I know that a lot of agencies talk about creativity and it's hard to measure, but um, we we live and breathe, you know, keeping things fresh because otherwise, you know, PR can be dull. And let's face it, you know, it's dull for the people that have to do it. It's dull sometimes for the companies who have to. You know, to hire agencies to do it as well. So we need to make things, you know, fresh for all of us and exciting, and and cut through the noise because there's a lot of that out there. Sure. And what's the? I uh, just think about that 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 client centric element that you just talked about is. I mean, first of all, every agency would say that, wouldn't they? But it's it's interesting that you you it's kind of the you know it's the front and center of 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 what you're how you position liberty is there what do you reckon is there i just think about the the, the length of of client relationships in in the sector leaving liberty out of it yeah. do, is there a are we just saying longer the better or is there a a sweet spot of of how long an agency and a client should work for 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 that relationship to to develop to a i suppose a premium moment if that's the right phrase yeah no it's a good question and i think it's one that the uh, the industry um struggles with a bit, to be honest. Um, I mean, we we have benefited, and I, I will come back to the industry, wider industry, but Liberty has benefited from having longer relationships with clients that are really beneficial to both of us. Um, and we've kept that fresh with that creativity. But um, I think that, you know, if, if, that doesn't, if that partnership thing doesn't exist, then I think you're on a hiding to nowhere because the, the, the client's perhaps doesn't have any kind of relationship or partnership with the agency, therefore doesn't seem to value in what they're trying to do. Um, you know, it can be the other way around as well. You know, maybe the agency hasn't put 
you know, as much effort as it should into the client, and that breaks down as well. I think, um, I think industry norms used to be a lot longer, obviously, and now I hear from, from some agencies that it's, you know, two to three years maximum, um, and that's sometimes pushing it. So, yeah. so I can only speak about what's, what's been good for us, but I think, you know, it, it, it definitely has worked to have this more partnership approach and therefore have a longer, a longer relationship. I suspect it depends on the size of well, the type of PR firm um, and the type of client. I mean, some sometimes you want to, you know, if your client's a startup, maybe you want to, you, you can grow with the client if you see what I mean. Um, but um, but no doubt the the, uh, the 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 average length of time for those relationships has decreased. But um, yeah, that's a very good point. And um, to that point, we we try to have a balance of startups and more mature companies and, and companies that are, you know, growing their brands from, uh, you know, a solid base as well because, yeah, you can't have all your eggs in one basket. Now, in the pre-show chat, you, you, it was a throwaway line, but I liked it. You said you weren't a big fan of PR people, um, which for somebody who um, who's made their career, um, I don't know, I'm trying to do the math now, but let's say 35 years plus, um, in in public relations, um, I, I thought that was quite an interesting thing to say. Yes, so that wasn't very nice of me, was it? <laughs> um, but let me explain the context a bit more. Um, first of all, I'm obviously uh, really proud of my profession, and you know, I'm a member of the Charleston Institute of PR, and I'm a champion for the industry and all those things. So I know firsthand what it takes to be really uh, a positive um, force for for energy in the PR industry, and I also understand that it takes. You know, it takes passion and dedication and belief to carve out a career in PR, and it's definitely not for the faint-hearted. And I say this to the people that talk to me all the time about wanting to come into the industry. But I think, um, you know, your listeners will also know that we don't always do ourselves justice. You know, we can over-promise and under-deliver, and I think that still happens. We get clients coming to us as been not impressed with other agencies. And then, you know, that's bad for us because that means we've got to jump through more hoops to try and get their trust back. Um, so I think the industry could help itself by, you know, perhaps being a little bit more doing what they say. And um, also the other thing is I think we tend to, uh, PR people tend to battle uh, with science using odd terms to explain things, you know, what the, the things that we do. And it's really simple and we shouldn't try to do that because I think we, you know, we, we talk about um, PR terms in the ways that, you know, like um, things like issues hijacking. How would a client know what that is? You know, I mean, we... I think sometimes we just need to remember PR is not all about us and we need our clients to understand. And if they don't understand, then we're not communicating in a clear and concise way, which is what we're supposed to be doing. And we're not helping our profession that way. So that's kind of what I meant by that. Do you've owned Liberty for, I think, well, yeah, 21 years. Um, how come you, have you ever looked to sell the business? Is that something that you just don't want to do or, or just you, you've never found the right investor? We have been approached in the past. Um, and it, I suppose it sounds a little bit, but um, from the outset, I wanted to build an agency that I could be really proud of and that others would want to work at. Um, and the founding principles of the heart of the agency um, are still the same. So this client service approach, this value, this collaboration approach that still very much passes, you know, what Liberty is. And I think, um, I don't know if we sold, we'd ever be the same. Um, I've seen smaller agencies, boutique agencies, like Liberty be acquired and, you know, then it's, it's turned into the bigger beast rather than keeping the, 
the ethos of the of the smaller company. So, I'm you know I'm still involved every day in the business. So I never wake up and feel like oh I should stop doing this and I don't enjoy it. Um, so I'm keen to carry on. Um, of course, I don't know what might happen down the line, but. Um, one thing I do know is I've got an incredibly loyal CEO in Elena Davidson, um, and I'd like to name her because I think she she really will be able to take Liberty on um, to the next chapter. She's kind of like the uh, the daughter I never had in a professional sense, if you know what I mean. It's a nice thing to say. I mean, you, you took the question out of my mouth. The, you've worked with uh, Elena for uh, well, it's, I think it's just over ten years, isn't it? So it's it's clearly a relationship that works. Um, and it's quite interesting that it's, I suppose it's evolved as well, hasn't it? You, you know, it's gone through various stages, and now it's presumably at the stage where she's the, the day-to-day CEO, and and you're, I don't know, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it's sort of a more of a, a chairman type role. Yeah, no, that's that's right. I mean, obviously we're we're boutique, and we don't have a board and all those things. So, um, you know, all these big big uh, titles don't mean much to us. But um, just coming back to Elena for a minute, she's. Um, as I mentioned, she's fantastic professionally. She's a she's a true leader. Um, she's a great team player, um, and she works on the same ethic as me. And sometimes, like earlier today, in fact, we both joked because you know we both think the same way, so we can almost finish each other's sentences a bit like a marriage. Um, but she she and I lead the entire business now, um, including the Liberty Worldwide Network, which is our our partner agency network, which we set up. Um, and she's also truly lovely. You speak to anybody who's worked with her. She's a lovely person with a high moral code, and I really respect her. So it's really important to have her on this, um, on these travels with me because she she is like my yin to my yang, and, and you know she keeps me sane. So it's really important to have someone who's, who's so you know so fantastic alongside you. It's nice to hear quite such a, a, a genuine. Um... Friendship, frankly, it's such a, a senior place within the business. It's um, it, it's obviously um, more more than just a, a pure play, um, normal professional relationship. That one. Yeah, it is, um, and um, you know, I I thank my lucky stars that Elena came to us when she did, and that I hired her. That's interesting. Yeah, good point. Because it's these, it can be a bit of a sliding doors moment. These things, can't they? And in hindsight, you've obviously gone. Thank goodness, <laughs> you made that higher. But if you hadn't, um, things may have been a bit different, I suppose. Well, yes, maybe because um, you know, at the end of the day, I, uh, you know, obviously, you're, you, at the end of the day, you want to be able to succession plan. You want to bring people through the agency. I mean, I'm, I'm really keen that people stay with, with Liberty and move on with us. And there's ample opportunities for them to do all sorts of things with our agency because. You know, you can almost cast out your own role. You can do things you want to do because, you know, there aren't layers of people to go through. So, um, and Elena is, is really, you know, shone from the minute she, she came in. Um, so she's, she's really embraced her career. Um, she's also got two young children she's raising. So, you know, I'm, I'm in admiration. <laughs> and and finally, then, what, what's the, the aspect? I mean, you you've mentioned it a few times, but you've got this this international network that you set up. Um, we haven't we haven't talked about that, but that, I mean, I, I know a few people who've set up an independent network of PR firms, and it's a huge amount of work. Uh, you, you've set up uh, a San Francisco office, so you're, you've clearly got yeah, I about international yeah international ambitions, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, we have because I think that's. Um, that's also in, in response to, to our clients' requirements. And not every client uses the network, but um, we also have a lot of shared clients across our um, European and, and San Francisco office. So looking for global support um, from a boutique agency like us where, you know, they can't afford perhaps a bigger global agency. 
Um, so, so we've got that. We're very proud of, of the fact that that started to happen coming back the other way as well. So it's obviously it started with the UK business and uh, sort of morphed to the US because that came later. Um, but now US clients are, are morphing this way. So it's, that's a, a real proof point for me that, you know, A, we've established ourselves in the American market and B, they really respect and trust us because they wouldn't want to expand with Liberty if they, if they didn't believe that. So. Brilliant. Dee, thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me today. Thanks for listening to the PR Moment podcast, produced in association with the Marketeers Network. If you'd enjoyed the show, please do review us on iTunes and give us a decent rating.